Hey, everybody, welcome to Renewing the Center. It's so good to have you with us today. Thanks for joining the podcast. Today, we're going to read again from the lectionary. We're following right on through Luke's gospel. This is a passage, uh, 18 verses in Luke 6, so somewhat long, um, but this text is uh, as powerful as it gets. Um, The moral teaching of Jesus has laid a foundation on which all of us stand, whether we're Christian or not, and today we're going to get a glimpse into the brilliance and the beauty of the moral teaching of Jesus. So I'm going to read, pray, and then spend just a few minutes sharing some ideas about how the Lord wants to work renewal in our lives and our stories. Jesus, then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. Woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when people speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. But I say to you that, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also, and from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great and you will be the children of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap, for the measure that you give will be the measure you get back. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, I pray that you would help us to hear Jesus today. Uh, Lord, I just admit as the as the podcaster that there is way more here than can be said. There are thoughts here that are too big for our brains. And so, Lord, we just ask you to open us up by the power of the Holy Spirit to receive what we can today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Like I said at the very beginning, these words are the uh, Mount Everest of moral teaching. This is... Uh, the Beatitudes and the version of the Beatitudes in Luke 6, this, uh, this is as good as it gets, y'all. Um, the moral teaching of Jesus is unrivaled, unparalleled in human history. We live in a time where uh, the goodness and efficacy of Christianity has been called into question, and so much of that is because we followers of Jesus do so imperfectly. Uh, at times, we do so terribly. But many people don't consider most actually don't consider that the way we see the world, the way people who are even atheistic, far from God, see the world, has been baptized in Christian moral teaching. These words of Jesus that are largely assumed. So like I'm going to give you a couple of for instances. So for instance, care for orphans is assumed, not just in the church, but it's assumed outside the church. We all think that should happen. 
care for um, people in poverty, care for people who have experienced injury and wounding and are now differently able. These things we just assume. I would say to you that at the time Jesus lived, those things were not assumed. Uh, the Roman, ancient Roman world um, did not assume those kinds of care uh, and compassion stances. Uh, the idea that we're innocent until proven guilty in a court of law, that comes and is derived from the moral teaching of Jesus. And we'll see that just in a few moments. moments. These words that I just read have literally changed the world. And just like fish don't know they're wet, we oftentimes forget or never become aware in our cognitive faculty that we have been shaped by the moral teaching of Jesus, that so much of what we assume to be good, right, and true uh, we assume those things because Jesus actually said them. He taught in such a way. Um, I'll say one more thing before I get in. This is, you know, you get Chris on a little nerd box here. Um, these words um, are so brilliant and so powerful, and they've been so transformative to society that the most logical thing to assume is that Jesus actually said them. <laughs> And there have been a lot of arguments about whether you know Jesus said the things that he did in a moral tradition. And what if a ghostwriter came? I just want to tell you, if a ghostwriter wrote these words, that ghostwriter was brilliant beyond measure. Um, it actually takes less of a, of a leap to recognize that Jesus, our Savior, actually said the things that we see in the Gospels because I don't think normal people can make up life-changing um, words. I just don't think normal people are likely to do it. So, okay, I'm off my soapbox. Uh, we're going to jump in. Um, who is blessed? What kind of person is blessed? That's at the heart of Jesus' teaching here. Um, he's speaking to us over and over again. Blessed are, blessed are those, blessed are those. And our world, just like the ancient world, tells us that you're blessed if you're healthy, if you're strong, if you're happy, if you're secure, if your circumstances line up. That's what my heart tells me, and that's what your heart tells you, and that's what the hearts of people listening to Jesus would have thought. Well, I know when I'm blessed. I'm blessed when things are going well, when I'm okay. Jesus says something very different. He names people in desperate need and says, Blessed be you. You are blessed when you are needy, if you belong to me. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. To be poor, to be hungry, and to be weeping. Jesus is saying these are the people that God is blessing. What he's saying here is that blessing, the favor, the kindness, the goodness of God does not simply rest on our circumstances. It transcends our circumstances. So I just want to ask you a question. Can you believe that you are a recipient of the kindness of God even as you hurt, even as you endure loss, even as you feel sidelined from life? Jesus is inviting us not to stick our heads in the sand and pretend things are better than they are. That's not what he's doing here. What Jesus is inviting us to do is to have a long vision a view that goes beyond what we're currently seeing and experiencing right now. And y'all, the biggest challenge for most all of us is that we can't see past our immediate circumstances. So in the middle of this passage, after he names these things, he says, Rejoice, for great is your reward in heaven. He's speaking to people who are enduring difficult circumstances. And he's saying, I want you to look up and I want you to look out. I want you to see the long scope of the story. And he speaks of heaven. 
And I tell you, the longer I live, the more, you know, heaven makes a lot of sense to me. Um, the more death doesn't feel so terrible because you heard enough, you realize like, oh, I can't wait for that. There are also, though, however, seasons this side of heaven where things that you're facing now, you won't be facing them then. You'll be, you'll be in different spaces, in different places. And I will tell you, over the last few years, I've had to work really, really hard to have a vision of reality that stretches further out than just my immediate circumstances. I had a mentor say this. He said that when we are rooted and grounded in the Lord, we are like a mountain because of the work of Jesus. He anchors us. He roots us. There's tons of language about this in the New Testament. And our circumstances are like the weather. Things come and go. If I'm not really intentional, I think of myself the other way around. I think circumstances are like the mountain and I'm like this flaky weather system that just keeps blowing in and out. When I heard that invitation to see myself rooted and grounded in God as the mountain, it changed everything for me. So when I'm experiencing tumult, and you do too, we do this all the time, rather than thinking that's ultimate reality, when a circumstance happens that's outside of our control, a relationship is in turmoil. I'm experiencing some turmoil in relationship, a couple of relationships right now. Those things, rather than being the fixed permanent thing, those things are the, are the, are the weather. We are anchored in Jesus and that makes us a mountain. Your circumstance will change. That's what circumstances do. Circumstances change. Sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. Your soul needs a future. In light of the future that Jesus is getting us to look at and to begin to believe here, I believe that what he's saying when he speaks of the heroic moral action in this passage is he's saying, if you can rest in the fact that you have a future, then you can be brave. Without a vision of a blessed future, we will succumb to scarcity 100% of the time. So he says this, I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to anyone who begs of you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. The only way that we can become the kinds of people who do those actions, who are that way, is if we are people who are rooted and grounded in the goodness of God and have a story that transcends whatever conflict or difficulty we're facing right now. And I'm preaching to myself, y'all. Because I know that so often, whatever it is that's in front of me feels like the ultimate reality. It feels like we can't even imagine what's on the other side. I will only do unto others as I would have them do unto me if I know that I'm safe and secure. So I just want to say to you, if you belong to God, your circumstances may be sucking the life out of you, but you are ultimately safe and secure. Just today, I went into the woods with my wife. We went on a long walk. In the, in the mountains of North Georgia. And you know, when you get out in the woods and you see the grandeur of the trees and you see the beauty of the mountains and you hear the streams, it just puts us and our lives and our circumstances in perspective. All of a sudden, the things that are waiting for me in Atlanta that are stressful or frustrating, they just seem a little smaller in light of the beauty and the grandeur of God's creation. But y'all, that's only true because God is wanting us to see that he is telling big, long stories. And whatever it is that's in front of us does not define the whole story. 
So where do you look for security? I believe Jesus is looking to anchor you and me, especially when we're facing difficulty. Circumstances will always work to unsettle you. They'll always work to try to get you to revert back to scarcity. And if you think about what is happening here in Luke 6, most of the bad behavior comes out of a sense of scarcity, a sense of desperation of like, I don't have enough. It's not going to be okay. And when we believe those lies, we behave in ways that are so far short of the beautiful standard and the calling that God has put on each and every one of us. I go back over and over and over again to the fact that I'm safe in God's kingdom, safe in his hands, so I can begin to behave as someone who is safe and secure. God wants you to be rooted and grounded in him. And I just want to say your soul has a future. And for many of us, that means we'll, wait, we'll make it through a circumstance. Uh, that's in front of us, something stressful, something, you know, distracting or frustrating. Um, but let's just play this out. What if you don't? What if you're sick and you die? We're not promised happily ever after this side of eternity. Even in that scenario, on the other side of death, there's life. That's what we believe. And so I just want to say that even if your circumstance will be the end of you on this side, it's not the end of you on the other side. I believe that as we follow God, we will experience a lot of little deaths here before we give our lives over to the final death that leads to heaven and then the resurrection. But when I get to the place where I breathe my last, I believe the Lord wants me to have practiced trust and reliance, being rooted and anchored, that even in that moment, it doesn't seem like all that big of a deal. And there are days where I really struggle to wrap my head around that. But y'all, I just want to tell you, that's, that's what I believe. And that's what I believe Jesus wants you to believe. What would your life look like if you rejected scarcity? What would your life look like if you believed that you were safe and secure, even if you were facing a terminal illness, a massive circumstantial change? I believe that if we can embrace the fact that Jesus is saying you have a future, I want you to live as if you have a future, it will make us brave and will face even death with courage, confidence, and peace. God bless you. I pray for his goodness and his kindness to go in front of you today. I pray that you have a blessed day. See you next time.